This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM, we are talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, Sally Lucas. Welcome again. Thanks, Jane. Welcome and welcome to everyone out there in our listening audience and hope you all had a wonderful Easter Anzac break. Rare to get five days, so I'm sure everybody enjoyed that. And nice to be able to have time to think about places to go. Exactly. Five days just to think about what you might like to do on your next holidays. So we're going to talk about a few little different bits and pieces today, as I say, just covering a a little gamut of areas. Uh, Firstly, cruising the Galapagos Islands. And I just thought we'd talk a little bit about the islands themselves. Now, they emerged about five million years ago as a result of quite violent volcanic action. And as they were cooling off, some species actually arrived riding on what they call rafts of vegetation from the shores of Central and South America. So these early um, immigrants simply evolved slowly in a different direction from their continental ancestors and developed into um, species that are unique to the islands. And because they've never experienced man as a predator, they show no fear of humans. So this is why they're such, it's such a unique destination. Then in 1835, the English naturalist Charles Darwin visited the islands and discovered a virtual living laboratory which uh, inspired his writings on the theory of evolution. So this wonderful group of islands is now yours for the asking, if you like, to explore. And the best way of exploring it is on a cruise vessel. And there's one particular one which is specifically designed for the Galapagos Islands, and it's called the MV Santa Cruz, if you are thinking of looking into that. And guests are taken ashore in small groups by an English-speaking naturalist guide who explains the fascinating geology and history of an eco-world that takes you back millions of years. So there's ample opportunity to walk, swim, snorkel, photograph, and just observe the abundant variety of wildlife on each of the islands. So, so a boat is a good way to get around because it, it they is. are a whole pile of different they're islands. They're a pile of different islands and, and volcanic, as we said, they're, they're still quite you know uh, rough terrain, etc. like that, so it's better to get around them by boat. Uh, you can swim with sea lions, you can walk amongst these big black marine iguanas basking in the sun, and you can see boobies, albatrosses, frigate birds with the big red pouches, and there's three, four and uh, seven night itineraries available to do this with a very uh, rather a variety of options for trekkers or swimmers, ones that pertain to writing, reading, painting, photography, uh, bird watching, stargazers. So there's all sorts of cruises to provide you uh, with an unforgettable experience depending on what your interests might be. So if you're ever over that South American side of the world, you you, fly, you get in there from Quito. And, um, it's that's a, in Ecuador, isn't it? Yes, and that's a fantastic um, thing to include, I think. It's just such a unique part of our world. Are we going to stay in the Pacific right now? We'll stay in the Pacific, one a little bit closer to home, Jane, um, Vanuatu, which we have spoken about before. And just so people know, there's a resort called Breakers Beach Resort, which has recently been taken over by Ramada. Just to let people know, it's a very stunning location. You're, you're isolated out of the main uh, Port Vila area, but you're right on on the water. And they've got a, like an infinity pool, so you're sitting outdoor dining, then there's the pool and then there's the ocean. And the food is to die for, just to let people know. It's the most wondrous food I've had in a long time. And it's the only shore break, so it's a little surf you can get off there. It's the only point where you can actually get a little surf on the main island of Afate. They've got 66 tropical bungalows that dot the shoreline and they're really first class some of the internal walls are made of coral Uh, just quite beautifully done and it's for adults only 
and you've also got, if you want, eight uh, fully serviced three-bedroom villas as well if you're wanting to sort of share with somebody else, and they've got private pools as well. Um, but it's just such a delightful place, obviously popular with honeymooners as well. The freshest local seafood, I mean, they basically get it from out the front from where you're looking, you know, and you, you can just surf, snorkel, dive, fish, reef walk just right from the front door. Meet the fish before you eat it, eh? Absolutely. And it's just a delightful little place if you're thinking of a nice, quiet break and you're just out of the township, but they do have that little free bus that runs around and so you can, or you can get a taxi, which is quite reasonable as well, or the hotel does run a shuttle bus service. But it's a delightful spot if you're looking for somewhere really peaceful and beautiful with beautiful food and beautiful surroundings. And it's quite nice to think of somewhere tropical at this stage. It Sally. is. It <laughs> is indeed. Travel is the topic on 2NURFM. And Sally Lucas, we're staying in the Pacific right now. We're off to Malaysia. And I thought, Jane, why I'm doing this is it's becoming a, um, if you like, a family-friendly type destination for Australians. And because... I think there's so many packages now that offer products for families and cultural experiences, which is fantastic to introduce children to these different cultures. And Malaysia is such a potpourri of different cultures. That's why I think it's a great place to go because you've got, you know, different people from Indian to Chinese to Malay. So you've got a lot of influences there. There was the Dutch influence as well. So over the years, it's had many influences, and there's a lot of products out there now that are just giving you off-the-beaten-track experiences, and, and they're tapping into the demand, um, the Malaysian Tourism Board, for family-friendly adventures in Malaysia that they say will offer you authentic experiences, you know, suitable for teens and younger children as well. So what are some of the things you can get up to with well, the Well, some of the things you can get up, just to give you an idea, there's one um, itinerary out there, an 11-day Borneo family adventure package with Intrepid Holidays, who are, who are an adventure-based operator. And they learn how uh, orphaned orangutans are rehabilitated back into the wild um, and they take them into the jungle to spot other wildlife and they go and stay with local families on a village homestay and eat the local cuisine. Um, you know, all these sort of things. And even Club Med at Sheraton Beach, it's actually got a turtle sanctuary now there and they have wildlife and live performances for the families there as well. And um, plus they all have always, as Club Med do, they cater well to all p- ages in their family groups like they've got a teen club and then they've got the young club and the, you know the little ones and the tots and then they've also got a climbing wall there as well you know so they're offering all sorts of things there but the actual areas which we know with Malaysia you've got wonderful beaches you've got Borneo like you've got Penang, Langkawi, Kuala Lumpur is a very vibrant city now it's it's a very interesting city lots of lovely hotels to stay at good quality not expensive either um, and you've got quality restaurants food markets um, good shopping but yes to get off the beaten track to go to some of these jungle areas and lots of lovely national parks within Malaysia as well where you can get these experiences with wildlife and go you know nature spotting so just to keep that in mind if you're looking for something different for your family it's not that far to fly either you're not going too far and you're introducing the children to wonderful new cultures and experiences that they wouldn't get here in Australia. Is it quite easy to travel around Malaysia? It is and it's very safe. It's a very safe destination which I think is important for families. Um, transport is good. Um, all the uh, ethnic uh, communities get on well together. Um, so you've got this very safe community to travel to and you know there's, I've rarely ever seen a DFAT warning against you know d- d- travel to Malaysia for example. So you, it's a really very safe destination and you're probably looking at about roughly ooh, nine hours flying time. 
roughly. Mm. So it's not too bad, yeah, Mm. to get there. And, of course, you've got wonderful direct services through both Malaysia Airlines and and Qantas. But if you want to go via Singapore, you could also go and have a stop there as well. You could go via Singapore into KL that way. Um, And then across, of course, to Kota Kinabalu if you want to do Borneo. And, of course, don't forget you've got that wonderful mountain, Mount Kinabalu, which is quite a climb if people are interested in doing that. And great to look at if you're not. Exactly. It's just wonderful to visit with beautiful forest flowers and wonderful, you know, jungle, um, sort of tropical type, you know, undergrowth. And you've still got over there too, you've got your turtle sanctuaries as well and orangutan sanctuaries as well. So there's lots of things to do in Malaysia. So it's well worth considering to put it on if you have not been there as yet to include that in one of your family-friendly holidays. And somewhere that's a little further to fly to is Europe. Well, we're going quite a way north Jane, and this is to let people know there's a wonderful new high-speed rail service that's opened between Russia and Finland called the Allegro, and it goes from St. Petersburg to Helsinki. Now, I've had people travel this, and it was quite a long route, about six and a half hours. Now it's down to three and a half because they've got this fast train service. So that's absolutely amazing, and it does do stops along the way, and um, it's, it's there are two daily trips at the moment, but the amount increases to four by um, summer of this year. And the train features um, 344 seats, uh, 296 a second and 48 a first. Um, it also has seating for the disabled, a dining car, a conference room, uh, a children's play area, a currency exchange offices on board. Um, it's the first train with customs control en route as well. It's a totally non-smoking train. Um, and they've also got like an area for uh, mums to, um, you know, change nappies and do all sorts of things. It's got in- internet, Wi-Fi, um, of course, air conditioning. And the passenger information system is in Russian, Finnish and English. And service on the train is by a specially trained international crew that are fluent in those three languages. So just sort to let people know now, you've got a great way of getting from Russia into the top of Scandinavia. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thanks, Sally Lucas. Thank you. Jane and I'll see everyone in a couple of weeks because I'm on leave and Barry will be talking to you over the next couple of weeks and I'll come back with some more really exciting things to talk about when I return. Nothing like fresh adventures on uh, Talking Travel on 2NURFM.